Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 5. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. A tittle is a marking on a letter to distinguish it from another so that they don't look alike. So Jesus says, not the smallest letter or even a marking on that letter shall ever pass from the law until heaven and earth passes away. Nothing's going to change when it comes to God's word. Let me tell you something. There are two things that are immutable. That means doesn't change. Two things in the world that don't change. People change. Circumstances change. Your spouse may change. Your, you, you may change houses. You may change cars. But there are two things that do not change, and that is God and his word. He never changes. Ever And his word never changes. Psalm 119 verse 89. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in the heavens. Psalm 102 verse 25 through 27. Of old you laid the foundation of the earth. And the heavens are a work of your hands. They will perish, but you will endure. Yes, they will grow old like a garment, like a cloak. You will change them and they will be changed. But you are the same. And your words and your years will have no end. And then in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8. I love this verse. It's on our website. The grass withers. Read it with me, would you? The grass withers. The flower fades. But the word of our God endures forever. What does forever mean in the Hebrew language? Forever. You're all good Bible students. I knew it. God's word endures forever. And because God's word is enduring, we have a responsibility to obey it and teach it to others. Not out of legalism, but out of love. You see, if you're a Christian, you should be done with the law as a means of righteousness. Galatians chapter 2, verse 21, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. You see, although the law stands as a perfect expression of God's character and requirements, we're not to try to fulfill the law as a means of righteousness. Now, I want you to notice again in verse 20. Jesus says, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Again, this is a mind blower to the disciples because the scribes and the Pharisees were outwardly more righteous than anyone. No one could exceed their righteousness. And if anyone tried, they would fail. 
You know, I recently heard this, and perhaps you've heard it in the past. There are only two kinds of people going to heaven, someone said. Baptists and people who think like Baptists. I actually heard that. Well, the Jewish people, get this, they had a saying, something like it. They said if two men, if there were only two men going to heaven, one would be a scribe and the other would be a Pharisee. Isn't that interesting? So when Jesus says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you'll by no means enter the kingdom of heaven, that would be like saying to a legalist, unless your good deeds exceed that of Mother Teresa. Who can exceed Mother Teresa? Who? Not me. Or it'd be like saying, unless your righteousness is like Billy Graham. It's like, whoa, man, Billy Graham, these are like hard shoes to fill. Or more holy than the Holy Father, the Pope. You won't go to heaven. Now, who are the scribes? Listen, if you're taking notes, the scribes, who are they? Who are they? The scribes were the scholars. They studied the law. They interpreted the law. They commented, and might I add, endlessly on the law. Who were the Pharisees? Well, these guys are a little bit more interesting. Had to do a little research here, but I found it interesting to, to, to find out, and maybe you will find it interesting also, that the Pharisees originated in Babylon. And when the first temple was destroyed, a group of people got together and they decided to remain separate from the pagan customs of Babylon. And they were called the Pharisim. The separated company is what that means. And tradition tells us that there were 7,000 of this separated company and they kept the most minute details of the law. They started out right, but they ended up wrong. They gave the Ten Commandments to live by. But as the years went on, the principles weren't enough. They needed specific rules, statutes, and ordinances that would answer all of their circumstances. And so they developed a passion for the law, but not for God, and for defining the rules and for the regulations. And so when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, they needed to redefine them, and they needed to be more specific and get this. Those Ten Commandments, as they continue to redefine, 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 those Ten Commandments turned into 613 commandments. 248 of them were positive, meaning things that you should do. And 365 of them were negative, means thou shalt not. But isn't that just like a legalist? There's always going to be more thou shalt not than there is thou shalt do. Always. Now, because the law says, get this. Here's some of what they thought. Because the law says you shall keep the Sabbath and keep it holy, and you shall not work on the day of the Sabbath. In their passion, they began to ask, what is work? And they define work as to carry a burden. Well, then they had to define, what is a burden? And believe it or not, they would spend endless hours arguing over whether you should move a lamp from this table to that table on the Sabbath. You can't move your house furniture on the Sabbath. They would argue about it. They said, well, if you had false teeth, you had to take them out, put them in a glass. Because if you wore your false teeth on the Sabbath, that was carrying a burden. If you had a prosthetic leg, 
They say you got to pop that leg off, put that thing on the dresser. You can't carry a burden. This is the way that they would think about the law, about the Sabbath. This is crazy. The law said, get this, that they could only move so many cubics on the Sabbath. So if by chance on the Sabbath they had to move certain cubics down the street, I mean, they had no other choice, they had to move on Friday, I kid you not, on Friday, they would build these little lean-to shacks. And they would build them. Say they had to go to all the way, you know, a couple hundred feet down that way. They'd build these lean-to shacks because the law prescribed that you could move so many cubics, and that's it. And so they would build these lean-to shacks. They'd build one here, so many cubics, build another, so many cubics, build another, until they built them to their destination. And then on the Sabbath, they would leave one shack go to the another within the prescribed cubics and say, this is my new home. And then they would do the next, you know, a couple minutes later, they go to the next shack and say, this is my new home. And go to the next shack and say, this is my new home. And they would continue to do this all the way down to where it is they had to go. <laughs> is this nuts? Is I, I'm the only one? This is crazy. It's like, thank God I'm not a Pharisee. I couldn't, amen, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with that, man. I got to go there, get my car and go. I mean, what's up with that? I'm not under law. But this is the kind of thing that they would do. You see, they would keep the law, but they missed the heart. Get this. There was this group of Pharisees known as the bump and stumble Pharisees. Why? Because the law said you can't look on a woman in lust. So in order for them to not look on a woman in lust, they never lifted their heads when they walked on the street. And thus they bumped and stumbled into all the walls. And they called them, I'm not joking, they called them the bump and stumble Pharisees. When it came to tithing, one for you, God, nine for me in their spices and their grain. One for you, God, nine for me. On the Sabbath, you could not so much as lift your child up in your arms. They kept the most minute detail of the law and people would look at the scribes and look at the Pharisees and they say, wow, that's amazing. How can anyone live that kind of life? You guys are holy. And so now you understand when Jesus says, unless your righteousness exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall by no means enter the kingdom of God. Well, now you get it. Why? They would be like, what? Wait a minute, Jesus. Can we talk? Exceed? How about be as good as? No, exceed that which is of the scribes and the Pharisees. They were the most legalistic people you have ever met. Now, just for a few minutes, let me talk to you about legalism. Because, uh, because legalism is alive and well in the church today. Oh, I think we all know that. Legalism is alive and, a well, and well in the church today. And I think there's a huge misunderstanding as to what is legalistic and what is not. This word legalism is also completely overused in the church today. People will say that you're being legalistic if you go to church. If they go to church and the church has rules they don't like, you legalist. I had a lady tell me one time. She says, you know, this church is legalistic. I said, why? She says, well, because 
you won't let children be in the sanctuary. And she, she just went on and on and on and on and said, you know, and, and, and only because, I mean, the, you, gotta, you guys got to understand something. The ushers and the greeters, they have a really hard job because sometimes when people come with their children, we completely understand that. The first time in the church, you want to bring your kids, you want to bring them in, and, and that's great. You want to keep your kids with you. I would do the same. But sometimes when kids are being kids, and you know kids are being kids, when they're sitting there listening to me talk about a yod, what do they care? Like, like, like a five-year-old's going to be going, really? Well, let me take notes. Uh, what was that, Pastor? Five-year-olds are five-year-olds. I mean, let them be five-year-olds. That's why we got a great children's ministry and a place for them to be because five-year-olds, when the pastor's teaching in the Hebrew and the Greek language, they don't care about that. They're tearing up the Bibles and pulling people's hair in front of them and being kids because they are kids. I love kids. I got lots of them. Lots of them, y'all. Pray for me. <laughs> Kids are kids. Let them be kids. But when they're in the sanctuary and they start, you know, yelling and screaming and wanting to get some attention, the ushers got to come up and say, oh, ma'am, can you please take your, your kid out in the sanctuary now before we kill you? No, just, you know, and it's just, well, legalist. They leave the church. I'm never coming back to this legalistic church. Or, you know, you can't eat your Wendy's burger on the front row as Pastor Rodney's teaching legalist. This church is legalism. Look, that's not legalism. That's just smart. I don't know. You know, at the core of legalism, now let me tell you what legalism is. Legalism is saying, look, if you do this, then you will be more right with God. That's legalism. If I say to you, listen, if you don't eat your Wendy's burger on the front row while I'm teaching, God will love you more. That's legalism. If I say to you, if you don't take your child out of, if you take your child out of the sanctuary and, 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 and take them into the children's ministry, then God will bless you more and God will honor you more and God will love you more. You see, when you start attaching God's love and God's grace to any action that you do, that's legalism. If we say, please take your child out, then that's not legalism. That just is, we need your help. We, everybody, look, look, we love you kids, but everybody don't love them like you do. Amen. There, I said it. <laughs> there. there, I said it. Okay, yes, I said it. Amen. I love you kids. Cute, marvelous, darling, just marvelous. But you need to take them out, all right? I don't know what to tell you then that's legalism. And understand something here. Understand, there are unsaved legalists and there are saved legalists. You see, there's both. The unsaved legalist is trying to obtain God's favor through works. The saved legalist is trying to maintain God's favor through works. The unsaved legalist works to get right with God. The saved legalist works to stay right with God. In every culture and in many churches, there are those who are trying to work and to gain and to maintain God's favor. And the church has been throughout the centuries full of legalism, ever since the first church in the book of Acts, full of legalism. One time a lady told me, she said, you guys don't teach from the King James only Bible? And I said, well, no, I mean, I, I like the new King James. It just takes out the these and the thous and the thine and those. 
that's all. And she says, you know, just not New King, not King James only? And I said, no. She goes, oh, well, I, I can't imagine. I mean, uh, well, are you really getting people born again? I was like, whoa, lady, whoa, hold it, partner. She's like, I mean, really? And then a guy came up to me after service. I'm not, I'm not kidding you. Guy came up to me after service and, and told me after today, he said, a church told him that if you don't get saved from reading the King James or hearing the King James only, you're not really born again. This is what he was taught. I'm like, where did you get that from? That's not what the Bible teaches. Listen, Paul didn't speak in the Queen's English. Y'all should say amen right there. Goodness gracious. Paul didn't speak in the, Jesus didn't speak in the Queen's English. In the 1611 New, in the 1611 King James Version of the Bible. Jesus didn't speak like that. It's the word of God that's the power of God unto salvation. Not, not the Queen's English. People are legalistic about very many things. Cosmetics. I remember a time in the church you couldn't wear makeup. My wife was telling me just last night about a time where she, she put on some makeup and well, she was at church 20 years ago and walked up, tried to kiss the pastor's wife, and she went, oh, talk to the hand. She said, you, oh, you can't kiss me. Elvira was like, well, why ever for? And uh, like that really sounds like Elvira. <laughs> no, she said, no, really, no, really, she said, Oh, y'all better not tell her I did that. You tell her I will lie. She said, well, what's up with that? You know, I don't know what she said. But, she, you know, but she, oh, you can't kiss me. You can't wear makeup. Now, listen, J. Vernon McGee said this. I would never say this. Okay? I would never say this. J. Vernon McGee said it. I would never. He said... If the barn needs some painting, paint the barn. I don't know. I would never say that. Mm-mm, not me. All kinds of legalisms in the church. I mean... You know, caffeine. There was a time where, you know, Christians couldn't drink caffeine. You remember that? I mean, don't have any caffeine at all. No caffeine. If you do, you're less a Christian. And things change because now caffeine is a sign of true spirituality. <laughs> Isn't that true? You know, someone once said it was that time when there was no alcohol, no wine, no drinking, music, talking about legalism. Some people think, you know, if you're a Christian, you must never, ever listen to any secular music, never. Movies, television. If you were a Christian way back when, if you had a television, they would look down on you, even if you had one. Regardless of the fact that you look at, you like to watch the news, know what's going on in the world around you. But, oh, if you had a television, you were less a Christian. Movies. Can Christians watch G, PG, PG PG-13, R? God forbid the rest of those other letters, you know. (laughs) No. Okay? Let's see. No. You don't look at those. All right? Smoking. Can Christians smoke or not? You know, C.H. Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, he smoked Cigars, And he didn't stop until one day he read in the London Times newspaper 
It said, the cigar that C.H. Spurgeon smokes, and he stopped smoking because he just didn't want that appearance. He didn't want that witness out there. Smoking, listen, won't send you to hell. It will not. Now, there are some Christians who love the Lord so much that they want to go to heaven sooner. And so they smoke. Legalism, legalism, legalism. You know, I wonder what Paul, I got to wonder what Paul was thinking when they handed him a ham sandwich. The first time they handed Paul a ham sandwich, what was he thinking? I mean, I would have been thinking, can can I have extra ham? I mean, (laughs) a side of ham, you know? Legalism in the church. You know, talking about Christians and, and being legalistic. Listen to this, and please forgive me. Let me ask you to forgive me right up front. One preacher, will you forgive me? Say yes. All right. Listen, one preacher got his point across quite powerfully when he said this. In the hour it takes me to preach this sermon, 250,000 people across this country will have died not knowing Jesus Christ and going to eternal destruction. And then he went on to say, and most of you people don't give a damn. And then he said, you are shocked because I said the word damn and not shocked that 250,000 people are going to hell. And I thought to myself, you know, I was shocked that I said the word damn. (laughs) And not shocked that 250,000 people are going to hell. What is going on in the church today? We are so legalistic. You got to look a certain way, act a certain way, talk a certain way, walk a certain way, fix your hair a certain way. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. No wonder non-believers walk in the church and say, I want nothing to do with this. You know why? Because Satan will accept them where the church will reject them. And we need to be the kind of people. Yes, don't misunderstand me. I am not saying that we should be so free, so free that we leave church and go do whatever we want. You guys are thinking, man, that, man, that was the best sermon I ever heard. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh. Pastor Roddy said, I can go sin, baby. I'm going out and sin it up. <laughs> what can I do? I've been wanting to do this and wanting to do that. And wanting to... That is not what I'm saying. If you understand that, say amen. amen. Okay. I'm just saying. That we should not be so legalistic that we are not open in allowing the Lord to move in the lives of people as he chooses. Don't be so judgmental. People come in the door and you're like, you know the kids that got gauges in their ears and hair like this and hair like that and big, you know, and all kinds of gnarly clothes on and just all kinds of stuff. Listen, listen, uh-uh. No, let those people come in and embrace them. Let God do the work. God will change. You see, if we teach the Bible, if we just simply teach the word simply, God will do the work. And this is what the, the essence of what Jesus is saying. I, I got to close. But this is the essence of what Jesus is saying. He's saying, unless your righteousness exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall by no means enter the kingdom of God. He wasn't telling them to go out and try to be more righteous than the Pharisees. Because, listen, that was impossible, and everyone knew it. And that's why it was shocking. It was impossible. 
But what he was saying was that as you put your faith and your trust in me, I am the one who is righteous. I am more righteous than the scribes and Pharisees. And if you put your faith and trust in me, you'll be righteous as I am righteous. And then you are more righteous than the scribes and the Pharisees. If you look at verse, verse, verse 48 of this same chapter, Jesus says at the end of it, he says, therefore, you shall be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect. He's saying you got to be perfect. Well, the only way to be perfect, let's just admit it. The only way to be perfect is to say, God, I'm not perfect. And I need your grace. And when you do that, grace will flood your life like you have never known it. And now you're free. To whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You are so free. Nah, you're not free to go sin. Now you're free not to. See, before you were a Christian, you had to sin. Now that you're a Christian, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now you're free not to sin. Now I don't want to sin because I love God and God loves me. And I'm his child and I'm righteous because of him. Amen. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.